Good morning, Chapel Roswell. I'm Nancy Lane, one of your associate pastors, and I'm delighted you're here. I do hope as we gather this time this morning that you will take out your phones and check in. It might encourage somebody else to worship, so feel free to do that and help me out. I do want to give a special shout out to our online worshipers. I'm delighted that you're checking in with us this morning, and I look forward to your pictures. At least somebody is somewhere fun, right? As we think about checking in, I also want to invite you today and in the coming week to check in in prayer. Now, I know you probably pray every day, but I'm asking you to pray for a couple of specific things. We have youth and students and adults that are in Honduras on a mission trip. And we have youth, students, and adults traveling to Panama City today. Already in Panama City is an adult team of our, what we call our D.A.R.E. team. And they've gone to do hurricane and storm relief. Please keep all of these folks in your prayers, not only for their physical safety, but for what's going on in their life through God's power and also in the lives for whom they are serving. Thank you. During the month of June, you know that we have been checking in. Marion and Jeff have preached and shared the word, and last week, Jeff specifically asked us, are you willing to dance with God? Knowing that our relationship with God isn't just clean, cut, and perfect, put it in a box. There's interaction with God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. And as we grow as the people of God at Chapel Roswell, I hope you'll be open to how God leads us today. This morning, we are going to check in with a man named Legion. A man possessed by demons. Now, we didn't tell that really loud this week because who comes to church in the summer to talk about demons? Demons make us uncomfortable. I was raised to understand this order. Right after snake handling and door-to-door evangelism came demons, and we stayed as far away from those people as possible. That is so true, even after I started serving my first church. So we'll just move into a time of confession. This is so true. I was sitting in the office alone. There were only a handful of people that worked there. And I was sitting alone in the office one afternoon, and the phone rang. And so I picked it up, because that's what you do in small churches. And I listened to this woman tell this horrific story of how her adult daughter was possessed by demons. And after I determined that she didn't know any of the ministers at the church, I pretended to be the church secretary. I'm sorry, a pastor won't be available this afternoon to do an exorcism. I encourage you to call First Baptist Church just down the street. It wasn't one of my finer pastoral moments, but I knew my limits and my discomfort with demons, and I knew the Baptist minister was really good. 
This morning, I want you to think about your hometown. Because even in the hometowns that root us, that nurture us, that love us, that make us into who we are, there's some stuff in those hometowns. If we start looking, if we start digging around, there's some people that make us uncomfortable. Every town has them. People that live on the fringes. And while the reasons they may live on the fringes vary, there seems to be one thing in common. They aren't called by their name. They're labeled. Fair or not, they are labeled by what people have observed, have dreamed up, or imagined about them. Some true, probably most of it not. One place I'm familiar with had three such people in the town. They were named respectively Worms, Boo, and the boy without a name. Worms was known for leaning on his truck most of the day, either downtown or in front of his mother's house. People would wonder where he would sleep because we knew he wasn't welcome in his mother's place. Wherever he was, people would cross to the other side of the road and they warned their children, stay away from worms. There's no telling what worms might do. And then there's Boo. Boo never left his yard. His words came out in grunts, and most of the time, people saw or heard him when he was peeking through the curtains and just watching life go by. Everybody assumed that he was strong. And so people were fearful of what he might do. So stay away from Boo. And then there was the boy without the name. He was locked in the family basement for years. It was said that that happened so that he would protect himself and others. Word was, his mama was sweet and took him three meals a day. No one ever heard him speak. But in the silence of the evening, you could hear his tormented screams and outbursts a block away. Our scripture today introduces a man possessed by demons. His name was Legion. Like Worms, Boo, and the boy without a name, he was identified because of his circumstance. In his case, so many demons had gone through him, the name Legion fit because in the Roman military, five to 6,000 men were considered a legion. While we don't know much about him, we know he was tormented by years. He went from kind of fitting in the community to being on the total fringes, 
being homeless, living among the tombs, being naked. The community around him was very uncomfortable with him. And then came Jesus. In the eighth chapter of Luke, on the heels of calming the storm, Jesus stepped ashore and meets Legion. Now, this wasn't Jesus stepping off at the next port of call for a time of vacation. Jesus was on mission. You see, the region of the Gerasenes was Gentile territory, pig farmers, not exactly a place where you would find a rabbi hanging out. At the moment of Jesus' arrival, Legion fell at his feet and cried out, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? See, those demons knew who Jesus was long before his disciples knew who he was. In that moment, Jesus commanded the unclean spirits to come out. The demons, in the recognition of Jesus and his power, begged him not to order them into the abyss. So much so that the, de the demons saw a herd of pigs over on the hillside, and they begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. He gave them permission. And then, in a moment of just crazy stuff, that herd of pigs stormed down an embankment and drowned in a lake. When the people of that community, of that countryside, realized what, is ha what had happened, they went and found Jesus. And when they found him, they found something more. They found the man whom the demons had left sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed in his right mind, and they were uncomfortable. Those who saw what Jesus had done told others about the demon-possessed man how he had been healed. In the discomfort of this moment, the people of the region asked Jesus to leave. And this is where I'd like to pick up with our scripture today. I'm reading from Luke, the 8th chapter, the 38th verse. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Jesus' work there was done. But the mission was just beginning for the man from whom the demons had gone out. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. Wow, a man healed 
But let me tell you, that story doesn't play in a town when you have just drowned their economy. It's uncomfortable to all of us when a bottom feeder becomes a hometown hero. Oh, how towns and groups of people have a natural bent for keeping people down in their graves. Friends, the world needs the people of God to lift people up and let them be all God intends. It is uncomfortable when people speak in a place they've not had a voice before. But we as the people of God, are held accountable to help them speak and to be heard. While centuries apart from this story, demons still exist today in various forms, various forms beyond this passage. We give them names in our own lives, like addiction or mental illness, Demons, whatever they are, trap us. Sometimes they cause us to be self-destructive. Sometimes we are forced to deal with our own selves to self-medicate. Sometimes we choose to blame others. We isolate. We compensate. We spare ourselves judgment. We lose jobs because we become unreliable. And we find our place of comfort among the tombs. Maybe you know the one that can't make it through the afternoon without three or four glasses of wine. Maybe you know the employee that takes their lunch break in their car so their secrets won't be known. Maybe you know the one who has content on their computer that could put them in prison. Maybe you know the one who just has a facade for a marriage. Maybe you know the one who fights voices in their head all day long. What's the name of your demon? Can you hear Jesus call you by name? Maybe these tombs aren't yours or anything close to yours, but these tombs are in Roswell and East Cobb and in our greater community. They are in our families and in our workplaces. Jesus doesn't want any one of us, or any of God's people to dwell in tombs. There isn't anyone on this earth that is too dirty, too broken, or out of the reach of Jesus. Remember something Pastor Marion said a few weeks ago. The church is meant to be a place that offers support, a place to be understood, a place to sit down together, a place to experience God's love, a place to receive grace because we are all made in the image of God. 
As the church, we are called to help people imagine a future with God. We are called to be community. We're called to know each other by name, not just coming and going from chapel, but to know each other's names, to be involved in one another's lives, to be community. We are called to be the church inside and outside the walls. And we will do this by knowing each other's names, sharing our stories, and inviting others in so that we might be strengthened by what God is doing in each of our lives. What is your story? What has God done for you? Who in our town would Jesus want to meet? Who in our town would Jesus want us to sit with, to grow in our understanding of one another? Who in our town would Jesus want to experience grace, to be in personal relationship with? so that they might be freed from the demons that control and speak into their lives. Where is Jesus calling you to go to tell what God is doing in your life? Friends, let us go and tell others what Jesus has done, what Jesus has done for us, so that others might experience healing and claim the freedom that Christ brings to each of us. Let us pray. Mighty Spirit of God, blow through this place. Bring peace in our chaos that we might hear you call us by name. Hear our prayers for those who feel controlled by demons this day, whether near or far. Protect the self-harmer, still the voices, calm our fears, and show the addicted there is another way. Hear our praise and thanks for what you've done and what you're doing in our lives. Heal us, redeem us, that we might spill out into the streets with good news, letting others know Jesus calls them by name and brings power over their demons. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. As a response today, I want you to look at the end of your pews. Up in the balcony, they're also available on the stands. I want to invite everyone to take a postcard. We're checking in. On the back side of the postcard, We want to be able to call you by name. We want to build community in chapel. And I'm inviting you to share your name and how you would like to be contacted. It might be an email. It might be a phone number. And you can specifically say text or call, whatever's comfortable to you. But we'd like to know you better. Towards the bottom, you're going to see two questions. Why are you here? And what keeps you here? 
we want to offer you a few moments to reflect and to share your thoughts. As you do that, I want you to know that these will be held in confidence. They'll be prayed over. And they will help us know how to be the church to you and the greater community. If you feel safer separating the two thoughts, your contact information on one and your other ideas on another, that is perfectly fine. Take a moment now. Complete the cards, and I'll give you instructions for gathering them in a minute. Thank you. some extra cards around you. If you could just raise those up, we want to get them distributed to the right spots. Would anybody like me to hand deliver some cards to them? Please continue as you feel led to complete your card. But I want to invite you to continue our time of response, and we will continue to respond through the presentation of our cards, the sharing of our cards, and the sharing of our financial gifts. As the people of God, we are invited into the opportunity to provide for worship. Your gifts allow us to have a band and ministry to our students and children. Your gifts also allow us to be in ministry with people who are hurting and broken. Your gifts allow us to spill out into the streets to transform lives so that everyone is known by name. 
I invite you now as the volunteers pass the baskets to help us as we pass the baskets, presenting your financial gifts or your gifts, your financial gifts through one of the other ways listed on the screens before us. Thank you for responding to God.